This is the Middle Chamber Books Podcast, Episode 11, for Monday, April 28, 2008. Hello and welcome to the Middle Chamber Books Podcast, brought to you by GoToMyPC. I'm Steve Lubetkin, the bookseller at Middle Chamber Books, and your host for these podcasts about books, authors, and other creative artists. Our bookstore is at middlechamberbooks.com. New York City native Regina Leeds has brought order to home and work environments across the United States since 1988 when she started her company, Get Organized by Regina. She's currently based in Los Angeles, and her clientele runs the gamut from movie stars to business people and housewives. We'll talk to Regina Leeds in today's program. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Middle Chamber Books Podcast, where we talk about books, authors, music, musicians, and all kinds of creative arts. I'm Steve Lubetkin, your host and the bookseller at Middle Chamber Books. Our podcast is brought to you by GoToMyPC. You know, all your critical information is on your office PC, and when you want to work from home or while you're traveling, you might have to copy files to disk email documents to yourself or spend a lot of time linking up your laptop, and we all know what a hassle that is. Well, there is a solution. It's good news. There's a better way. It's called GoToMyPC. It's the easiest way to access anything on your PC from anywhere. All you need is access to the Internet, and setup takes just minutes. You log on with a secure username and password at GoToMyPC.com, and you not only see, but you control your computer from anywhere. You use GoToMyPC, and you'll discover the power and freedom of web-based remote access. And because of this podcast, you can try it for free right now for 30 days, and you get unlimited access. To sign up for the special offer, just visit GoToMyPC.com forward slash podcast. That's GoToMyPC.com forward slash podcast. Try GoToMyPC today, and please support our advertiser. Now to our program. Regina Leeds is the author of five books, including The Zen of Organizing, Creating Order and Peace in Your Home, Career, and Life, and her fifth book, One Year to an Organized Life, just came out this year. In addition to her books, Regina appears frequently on radio and television and also presents one-minute tips on the Sirius Satellite Radio Channel 114. Regina's first career as a professional actress has made the transition to teacher and seminar leader an easy one. Her credits as a professional actress include national commercials, guest spots on TV, theater roles, and three happy years recurring on The Young and the Restless. Regina is also honored to be a spokesperson for the National Search and Rescue Dog Foundation in Ojai, California. First of all, I'd like to welcome you to the Middle Chamber Books podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, thank you very much for the book. It's, uh, it's great. I uh, hope to someday get organized in this way. <laughs> It's absolutely possible, Steve. <laughs> well, I, uh, I hope you'll tell me how. And um, tell us a little bit about how you got involved in, in organizing things and organizing people and organizing their lives. Well, 
you know, I was very lucky that I had a mother who was extremely organized. And um, in many ways, she was my mentor for this profession, although when I was growing up, it certainly didn't exist as a profession. And I, I never, you know, in our home, we never had piles of stuff and things scattered about. We just always had order, and that's how I thought everybody lived. And the, for the first part of my life, I was a professional actress, and um, I worked on a project with Jonathan Winters. And Jonathan said to me one day, he said, Regina, he said, I'm crazy, and I make a million dollars a year because of it. You have to make your neuroses pay. And I literally, Steve, thought for 10 years about that, and, and I just couldn't figure out what neuroses I had that anybody would pay me for. And... Um, 20 years ago this past January, I remember where I was sitting and what I was doing when the idea hit me like a thunderbolt. I was neurotically organized, and that's what I could do for other people. And I called a very dear friend of mine. She's a makeup artist in the uh, movie and television industry. And I knew she had issues with organizing her supplies. And... Um, I said, let me come over and organize your home office. You pay me a very nominal fee. And I said, you'll be my first client. And what I have to see is if what I can do for myself, if what I understand is translatable. And the rest, as they say, is history. 20 years and I'm on my sixth book now. Here we are and that's what I do for a living. So it sounds like you've organized organizing into a, into a profession. You know, it's after a, for the first three years, Steve, it's so funny. The night before I would see a client, I would not be able to sleep. I would be so terrified that somebody would say, okay, Regina, this is it. This is what I want you to organize. And I'd have to look at them and say, oh, my gosh, I have no idea how to do that. And what I discovered, it was about at the three-year mark, was that it was basically all the same. What changes is what you're holding in your hands. So maybe today you and I are standing in your office and we're dealing with papers. And maybe tomorrow we're in your closet and we're touching clothes. And maybe the day after that we're in your garage and we're looking at your tools and, you know, your gardening equipment. But we're going to be following the same basic principles and we're going to be taking the same steps. It's just the items that changed. And as soon as I figured that out, then I realized that I could write about it because anybody could do it. All you had to do was um, understand. You had to, you, there are about five things you have to understand. And once you get that, it, organizing <coughs> excuse me, really can be fun. And so, it's very creative. It's very creative. Now, the title of this book is One Year to an Organized Life, and you've organized yes. the chapters by months of the year. How does somebody get started? How do you begin the process of organizing all of your things and all of your activities? Well, I divided everything up into the months that you would logically be concerned with that particular activity. For instance, um, the garage and traveling are done during the warm months of the year. And um, in January, everybody's interested in, you know, starting fresh and they're thinking about time management. So it's very logically laid out. And it's really... I don't think there'd be, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody who's going to actually be doing organizing projects for 52 weeks because what's built into the system is a little downtime. It's built on a four-week month, and of course we know every three months there's an extra week in there. So every, every quarter you have an extra week to get caught up. And 
you know, if you're not traveling this year or if you're not moving, then um, those two, for instance, are bonus months. If you're, like me, a person who isn't really into photographs or scrapbooking in a big way, then you have a bonus month there. But you can begin your year at any time. What I suggest is people read the full introduction so that there's a you understand the commonality of language that's going to be occurring throughout the book, and you also understand the basic principles. And then read the first two weeks in January because it's also important to understand how to manage your time. Time is something that people give away easily, and um, a lot of it just gets frittered away. And time is how you craft your future. And so it's very important to get a handle on it. And besides, you know, if I ask you to set aside four or five hours to organize a particular area of your home, if you don't understand how to manage your time, you will be lost as to how to find those four or five hours. So, so that's basically it. And, um, it, you know, it's, the book is partially psychological. I want to know why you've had a problem with this particular area because if you understand what your issues were, then going forward you'll understand why today is different. I also want people to have a real plan of action. You know, in your bedroom, for instance, which I put in February because it's the month for Valentine's Day and we think about love and I think you have to love yourself through your environment because you have to love yourself before you can love another person. So that's how I came up with the bedroom in February. But it's not just about doing your closet and your dresser drawers. It's about looking at your bedroom as a whole and saying, gosh, do, do I need new linens? Is it time for a new comforter cover? What about the drapes on the window? Do, you know, how can I make this room a true sanctuary from the outside into the areas that are organized? And then we talk about products every month, what products will best serve you, and then we get up on our feet and we get organized. Is there some uh, part of the house that's easier to organize than others, and are, are the, what are the more difficult challenges? Well, I think that your challenge will be directly uh, commensurate with your emotional involvement. So, for instance, if uh, guys don't usually have a problem organizing their closets, because in general, I'm going to make generalizations now, in general, guys just don't care about clothes. So if, if I go into a home and a man wants his closet organized, we can do that pretty quickly. Um, but if I walk into a man's office, his papers will have more of an emotional charge. So his home office may be more difficult than his closet. Um, if I can make another generalization, women are less attached to paper than they are um, to clothes. And they usually have, you know, different sizes and, and we, we get into a, um, more difficult challenges there. So I'd say that the closet is more difficult for women, papers are more difficult for men. Um, a lot of people when they first move into a home, they have friends helping them and they just want to get things out of boxes and so the kitchen can be a problem because that's such an important room and we spend so much time there. You know the old joke, you could have the biggest house in the world but if you throw a party, where's everybody going to be? They're going to be in the kitchen and that can be a stumbling block because people don't, uh, they've thrown it together and they don't know how to make it work and that's a really important room to organize. So it's it's how emotional how emotionally attached you are to certain stuff that the greater the attachment the more difficult that project will be and so that'll be different for everybody. 
It's going to be late April, early May when this podcast uh, gets out to people, and people are just recovering from the April tax filing time. So people with home office issues are going to have a lot of paperwork there. What kind of advice would you give them for getting the tax season behind them and getting on with things? Well, you know, it's a really wonderful time to organize your office because what you can do is learn from all the difficulties you had getting ready for this particular tax season. And now is a great time to put a system in place so that you don't ever have those difficulties again. Um, the the uh, chapter in the book on how to set up a file system and organize your home office is, I believe, the longest and most involved uh, chapter uh, in the book. It, you know, it takes a lot of uh, actual time and work to 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 get your office tuned up, but once you do, the time that you save over the course of the year is just incredible. And it just, it takes that stress off you. And it's all about that simple thing that my mother said to me all the time. There's a place for everything and everything's got to be in its place. And when it comes to papers, if you really need that piece of paper in your hand, we have to figure out where is the logical place for you to keep it. Because I want everything that you, every project you complete for me has three goals. First of all, it has to be beautiful. So I want your file system to be beautiful. I want you to be delighted when you're in your office. I want you to feel like you may not be delighted with the work you have to do, but you can be delighted with the physical structure and you can feel really supported by it. Um, every project we finish has to be functional because beauty without function is meaningless. And then it has to be easy to maintain based on who you are as a person. So, you know, the, the easiest way to make um, a big difference in your office right now after tax season is just to go through and be ruthless and get rid of what you know you don't need. Toss out those party invitations for the parties you missed. Uh, throw away the flyers for the sales that have passed. Um, if a magazine is more than two months old, you know, in reality, if you didn't make time to read it before in the past two months, you're really not going to, and I would toss that. Also trust that the latest and the greatest information about any particular topic is always available on the Internet. All you have to do is go to Google. So we really, in this day and age, we don't really have to save as much paper reference as we used to. But that makes things a lot easier. Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, having the truly the latest and the greatest at your fingertips is an amazing development. Um, so I would, I would just go through the office and be ruthless and get rid of what you don't need. Maybe there's a bookcase that you don't use anymore, or maybe there's a computer stand that's broken. Um, just 86 those things right out of the environment. You will immediately feel uh, feel a difference. And then the great thing about... Uh, what I call the magic formula, the first step of that to organize anything is to eliminate what you don't need. And it's not just about uh, uh, tossing things in the trash or, re or the recycler. It's about taking things back to another room in the house where they truly belong. Uh, it's about returning things to friends that you've been keeping and have meant to give back to them. Um, you know, you can be very creative with eliminate. Eliminating means just getting out of this particular space, anything that doesn't support you when you go into that room to do the work or the activity that that room calls for. Now, while you're eliminating, say, papers, you're also going to be making decisions about papers that you want to keep, so you can automatically be creating your categories. Categories are just wonderful. They give you 
power and they make your life easier. Now, let's say you're interested in golf. Now you can keep all of your golfing articles together. Now, in the kitchen, you can keep all of your soups together. You can keep all of your paper products together. So your your categories will always tell you exactly how much how much you have in that particular arena, and you'll automatically know when you need to get more. And if you set aside a piece of paper and you say, oh, yes, this is, this is one of my categories, and you get to the end of sorting a pile and you realize, oh, that's the only piece of paper I have for that, if, it's, if you can be pretty brutally honest and know that you're not going to have any more paper for that particular topic, I would fold that into a larger topic. It, one of the things that takes up a lot of room in file systems is having a file, file folders with one, one or two sheets of paper. Um, the other thing that takes up room in file systems is using, um, you know, we put our information in file folders and then we put those folders into hanging pendaflex. And that's, that takes up a lot of room. So another thing about categories is let's say uh, I have medical professionals and they may be interested in how medicine is practiced um, in different states. So I would pull all of their states together and I would maybe have a what I call what is called a box bottom pendaflex. And that's a, a pendaflex hanging folder that's wide on the bottom. So I can put five or six or ten, depending on how full they are, file folders in that hanging pendaflex, and that really gives you a lot more room and then all of your category is together when you want to re- reference it. If you're setting up home files and you have children, you know, you could have uh, schools and then an alphabetical order, you could have the schools for each of your children. If they all attend the same school, you can just have a file folder with each of their names on it. But there are many creative ways to make your categories um, more accessible. And uh, that's the third step. You eliminate what you don't need, you categorize what you're keeping, and then you organize your categories. Now, you have a whole chapter in the book, Regina, about uh traveling light and organizing for travel. I think that's really important because increasingly uh, the limitations and the prohibitions on things that people can carry with them, particularly on aircraft, have made it pretty impossible to travel with the things that most people think they need. How do you figure out what you need and what you don't need? Well, I've learned to do this little exercise in my head, but in the beginning I suggest that you do it on paper. And what you do is you write down... um, you know, get an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper and write down the days of the week that you'll be gone. You're making like a little makeshift uh, calendar page, if you will. And uh, think, think about where you're going on those particular days. For instance, on the first day I'm traveling and on the last day, I will generally wear the same clothes. I'm going to be on an airline. I'm going to wear my blue jeans. I very rarely get dressed up when I travel unless it's an unusual business trip and some business person is picking me up at the other end and I have to I have to look decent, otherwise I'll dress very casually. So on the first day and the last day you can wear the same clothes. If you're on a a holiday you know, you really don't need a vast wardrobe. Stop and think, well, where am I? I'm going to theme parks. Are you living in a hotel? Are you staying with your family? It's really, if you're staying with your with family and relatives, of course, you'll be able to do laundry. So less really is more because you'll be able to keep your clothes fresh while you're traveling. If you're... Um, traveling but you're staying in a hotel, I think very often we bring too many outfits and what we don't realize is different people are going to see us every day. It's not like the same person is going to be thinking, well, 
what did Steve do? Bring one shirt and one pair of slacks. You know, you can um, you can really make your your clothes stretch over several days. Also, if you learn to mix and match, today I can wear a pair of brown slacks with a blue top, and tomorrow I can wear change the, wear the same top but change the slacks, and then the next day keep the slacks and change the top. You need to be very creative with very little. And I learned this the hard way. I tell the story in the book when I was 17. I left home for three months. My parents sent me to um, live with a relative in Brazil. And uh, my father very generously went out and bought me the biggest suitcase he could find. And uh, it was a very heavy suitcase, empty. And trekking that albatross around Brazil with me was the bane of my existence. So the next year when when, um, they sent me on another trip, I learned to use a much smaller suitcase and to mix and match and travel light. And now, unless it's a very unusual circumstance, I take a suitcase that fits in the overhead bin. I don't even check a suitcase. When I get to be to my destination, I don't want to depend on the airline having transported my suitcase for me, and I don't. Uh, I just want to be free to to uh, get uh, hit the ground running. So it takes a little practice, but if you if you write down where you're going, you think in your head, where am I going, what am I going to do those days, and you start filling in what it is you're going to wear, you can start to see on paper, oh, wow, I don't need all of this. There's a great little trick, you know, it's the little things, um, to wear old underwear that you might be tossing in the, in the next, next time you go through your drawers and clean out and just travel with that and just toss them at the end of the day. That's one less uh, task you have to do. You don't have to clean out your underwear at night. Sounds like a great idea. In the course of your work with clients, what were some of the most unusual organizing challenges you've had to face? Well, I dealt once. There are professional organizers who specialize in dealing with people who are true, literal pack rats. And and I I should just say, uh, people use that term about themselves very frequently, and they're not really pack rats. They, they may have an issue with, you know, they have one or two stacks of magazines and they judge themselves harshly and they, they use that phrase. But a, pack, a true pack rat is someone who, it's a part of uh, obsessive compulsive disorder. So all this stuff that they're holding on to, they really don't have a choice. It's, it's, it, they are compelled to save it and it's a form of security. There are um, therapists, uh, who specialize in dealing with that issue. There are professional organizers who specialize in that. Uh, I know that there are special drugs that can be administered. It's, um, it's something is happening, I believe it's in the front part of the frontal lobe. And so that's, that's a particular issue. But it, it, it was really fascinating to deal with this one gentleman who had um, multiple storage units all over the city of Los Angeles um, filled with just, stuff from the past and it was I mean it was mostly junk mail that had not been opened old magazines and he was very wealthy but it was it was it's very expensive you know you're you're paying a lot of money for something that isn't necessary in your life um so we we worked with him and um he had this interesting habit he would um he loved to go shopping for real estate, and he would buy a house and spare no expense fixing it up, decorating it, and then never left his apartment. He would go visit these houses. He would never, 
he would never move into them. And, and I'd say in 20 years, he's probably the most interesting um, person I worked with. Um, How did you uh, get him organized? Did you consolidate the, the storage facilities? or? Well, we got him out of all of his storage facilities, and um, I pushed really hard with his... Um, the team that uh, surrounded him, you know, and the assistants and the attorneys. Um, for instance, in the very last house he fixed up, um, he used to put in very expensive artwork and make sure that the furniture was uh, green. And, you know, he was way ahead of his time in terms of the environment, environmental concerns. But it didn't seem right to me to spend $10,000, for instance, on... Um, green uh, bookcases when I knew he was never going to move into the house and I tried to get them just to go to a, a store like Ikea and just get inexpensive bookcases and slap them up and I said, you know, if he ever moves in, then we can we can go back in time, then we can spend the $10,000. But if he's just going to come here and visit... Uh, you know, we also don't need to spend a couple hundred thousand dollars on beautiful artwork. We can go to Z Gallery and have posters that are framed. You know, I just tried to save him money, and, and um, I'm happy to say we were, we were able to do that. And then that was when he decided not to move into that house. That was the last house that he um, that he bought for that purpose. You know, he was quite elderly, and in a way that was his hobby. But uh, I was always afraid that he was going to blast through the money that he had and, and um, you know, he'd wind up penniless because he had frittered it away. So I was his advocate in that area. And we, we got him out of the storage units and, and uh, we got him down to, we moved him out of his apartment into one smaller house and, and um, it, was, uh, it was the happiest conclusion for, you know, there, there, there's no set way to do anything. Everything is commensurate with the human being you're working with and how much change they're open to. And um, As organized as you want to be, you have to be flexible to change your organization plan depending on the, how the client reacts. You know, it's a little bit like going into a restaurant. I, I could be the greatest chef in the world, but if all you want is soup and bread, it doesn't make any difference that I have a 10-course meal waiting in the back for you. All you want is a nice bowl of soup and some fresh bread. So it's absolutely true that I come offering you everything, and then from that you take as much as you are um, interested in having. And for me, what I notice is that my clients are always in transition, um, they're in one place in life and they're moving up to some other experience. Very often they know what that is. You know, they've just purchased a new house and I'm unpacking them or maybe there's a new baby on its way or uh, maybe they just started a new job. Sometimes they, don't, they won't know for a few months what the change is. But what I notice is that it's as if life is saying to them, when you get to this new experience, you're going to need to be more organized and you're going to be grateful you did this. And that's that is what impels them to call me. And, uh, you know, when you call in a professional organizer and you're willing to commit the time and the money and the energy, you're really ready to rock and roll. You're really ready for a change. So it's pretty rare. I could probably count on one hand after 20 years the number of people who have uh, fought with me and not wanted to go all the way. They, they, my clients usually just dive in, and we have quite an adventure together. 
Well, we thank you very much for sharing part of that adventure with us. Regina Leeds, the author of One Year to an Organized Life, From Your Closets to Your Finances, the week-by-week guide to getting completely organized for good. Thanks for being with us on the podcast. Oh, it was my pleasure, Steve. Thank you for having me. We hope you enjoyed this Middle Chamber Books podcast brought to you by GoToMyPC. Don't forget the free 30-day trial of GoToMyPC by visiting gotomypc.com forward slash podcast. If you have comments or suggestions about our podcasts, please email me at steve at middlechamberbooks.com. You can also send us an audio comment. We'll use it in a future podcast. Send us an MP3 file or call our podcast comment line in the U.S. 856-861-6146. Be sure to use the plus one in front of that. Or in the U.K. and Europe, it's plus four four zero two zero seven one nine three six one four six. Our theme music for this podcast is Cook the Books from the Indianapolis Jazz Orchestra. It's one of the PodSafe music selections you'll find at garageband.com. We produce these programs in the studios of professional podcasts in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. This is Steve Lubetkin. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you out there on the net. Take good care.